0: Well, hi everybody, and welcome to the Living with Power Hope podcast. Lena Abujemra here, and welcome back. It's great to have you back. We are well into 2022, and we are well into our Dear Lena series. I hope you're enjoying these episodes, and I hope that you have uh, come back to tune in, see what I have to say, but also because uh, you are looking to get biblical truth for everyday life. That's what we do here in the Dear Lena series. I am answering questions about faith, life, and culture, and everything in between. Hey, uh, we, uh, welcome new people. If it's your first time here, then we are excited that you found this website or this podcast. Speaking of websites, check out our website, the site. That is our ministry hub. You can find out all about our ministry there. You can find out free resources, daily devotionals, all sorts of things that you might enjoy. And, uh. Uh, again, thanks for tuning in. Uh, we have another great episode today of Dear Lena. Uh, Dear Lena's are episodes where you send me questions ahead of time and ask me anything really about faith, life, and culture. And man, is there a lot to talk about these days. So if you haven't done it yet and you have a question for me, please shoot it to me at Dear Lena at livingwithpower.org. That's D E A R L I N A at livingwithpower, P O W E R dot O R G. And I will uh, check out the question, see if it fits, and by God's grace, answer it with usually three bullet points, three ideas that come from Scripture, and uh, my slant on the issue. So uh, today we're going to talk about discipleship. And in fact, uh, some of these... the uh, questions that I've got in this uh, series is going to be focused on this, uh, specifically was it when it pertains to discipleship in this era. So here's a question that I got today. Dear Lena, what does discipleship look like in today's post-COVID church culture? Now, granted, we're not in a post-COVID culture yet. We are in an interim COVID. We are sort of one foot in, one foot out. And by God's grace, we are moving past that original two years ago crazy, Shock, we're in the house, never leaving again, the world's going to end mode, which is sort of I think the insinuation of this question. But things have changed. Uh this isn't 1980s when I was growing up. I grew up, I was born in the 70s and grew up in church all throughout my life. But the 80s were like the heart of like church and, and Madonna and other things. But but basically um, the church has looked different in past than it does now. Many people now watch church online, but I don't even mean physically post-church culture. I think that this question uh, is very interesting from a perspective of, of, of spiritually where we're at, uh, physicality where we're at. Uh, there's a lot of layers to this. Our, our thought process has changed. And so I love, love this question. What does discipleship look like in today's post-COVID church culture? Because while we cannot control post-COVID church culture, we can think Uh, biblically about discipleship. And uh, it really doesn't matter where you live, whether you grew up in a context like I did in Lebanon or here in the United States, there ought to be some biblical principles that help us uh, frame the idea of discipleship so that we can continue to achieve the goals of discipleship. So here's, here's my three cents worth on this topic. Number one, while the context of discipleship has changed, The means of discipleship have not. While the context of discipleship has changed, the means of discipleship has not. I think it's really important to, I sort of am alluding to that even in introductory comments. I mean, I grew up in West Beirut in the Civil War, at the height of the Civil War in Lebanon. And yet, just because I grew up there versus maybe you're listening and you grew up in, you know, Podunk, Tennessee. I mean, the reality is that we were... um, both held to the same discipleship model and discipleship means. And today, whether you're in China and or in North Korea or in Syria or in Lebanon or here in the United States, the context changes but God's word applies to all context all the time to those who call themselves followers of Jesus. And I think the model for that, you say, what are the means of discipleship? Well, you gotta go to Acts chapter two. I mean, there's a lot of scripture that you can own in on, but Acts chapter two is a story of the early church right after Pentecost in verse 42. These verses ought to be sort of like bread and butter of Christian discipleship, where we're told about the new believers that they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and the prayers, And all came upon every soul soul, and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles and all who believed were together and had all things in common. And they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as many had needs, as any had need. And day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to their number day by day, those who are being saved. And, and, And in these verses at the end of chapter two of Acts, you see sort of this pattern of uh, the means for discipleship. And it goes back always to the teaching of the word of God, the fellowship of believers, and this community breaking of bread, the practice of the breaking of the bread, which is a reminder of the sacraments and prayer. uh, And that is exactly the means that God has continued to use in order to grow us in our uh, pursuit and following Jesus. And so even in an online world, The only way to grow as a disciple is through the study of scripture, my Bible reading, through prayer, and through the fellowship of believers and the sacraments. Baptism is the other sacrament, breaking of bread is the, is one of the two sacraments. And, and listen, I think this is critical because, again, it doesn't matter how rich or poor or connected or not connected, or maybe you're sick or immune compromised, or maybe uh, you are able to go to church, whether you believe in mass or not. Listen, the context of discipleship changes from state to state, if you're a blue state or a red state, but the means of discipleship have not. We need to prioritize Bible reading and prayer and the fellowship of believers and the sacraments. That is how God works and draws us closer to himself. We hear God through prayer, through reading scripture. We express our hearts to God through the praise of God. Through That is what we do when we sing songs of praise. We are really declaring that he is great and it is done so well. And again, whether you're doing it in a church culture that has become fractured. Maybe you've struggled yourself through some deconstruction issues. God knows I have. I wrote a book on it called Fractured Faith, and yet I'm still a believer in those uh, means of discipleship that God has given us in order to experience the presence of Christ. Ultimately, that is the goal, is to experience Christ and to become more like him. And so even we... Beyond just being in a post-COVID, you know, online world that's part of the co- post-COVID church culture. But I think another aspect of post-COVID church is that we are incredibly independent and isolated, like never before. Already the American West has that like you know, Jesus and John Wayne sort of you know, feel of I do things my way and, and, and very independent and sort of entrepreneurial, whatever you want to call it, and, and to a fault sometimes. And yet even in an independent and isolated culture, the local church is still a group of believers who live life together. And I think the strain for many of us is to try to recapture that and to think of creative ways to capture that, whether you're meeting in your homes. Uh, again, some for some seasons, it might be through the, the online world, but I think that can only take you so far. And so whether, you know, how you pursue now, you can't be like, well, I'm not going to church, therefore I don't need to be in the word as much. And so in many ways, you might say, well, I, I'm not like that. Listen, I am. Uh, I gotta be honest with you, to me, Part of the discipline of going to church is the discipline of being under the teaching of God's word regularly. It is a whole lot harder to regularly tune in to podcasts that teach the Bible. I mean, you're here, so I appreciate that. But at the end of the day, it is hard the more independent and isolated we have become accustomed to, to integrate in a local church, whether it's a big church or a small church. The means of discipleship have not changed. God wants us to be in communion with others. I, I you know one of the fascinating things to me in the New Testament is that even in prison. You see this pattern where Paul would be thrown in prison and then he had these close friends and relatives or, you know, ministry partners that would be with him in prison because it was a kind of another way to continue to fall. Honestly, I think about Paul in silence in in the middle of the night, praying and singing songs to God and a revival broke out in prison. And so no matter where you are right now, maybe you're in a hospital for a season and you're listening to this podcast that way, um, you know, the context can change but the means are the same. And so, by the way, if that's you and you're in a hospital you need a visit, maybe you haven't seen a live Christian in a while, send me an email and we'll arrange for that to happen. Uh, All right, so while the context has changed, the means have not. Here's a second idea. How does discipleship look like in today's post-COVID church culture? While our pace for discipleship has changed, the timing of discipleship has not. While the pace has changed, the timing has not. I I wanna speak to that a bit. We must stop expecting overnight discipleship in a culture that has turned into an overnight culture, all right? Um, We have become that culture that expects everything yesterday. If it's like a 24-hour wait, we think it's too late. Like, we want everything to be done right away. And I'm telling you, that is not how discipleship works. It is a process. It is like a garden that you've got to till. It is a relationship. Jesus often compared discipleship to like, the trees and the fruits growing on a tree branch and abiding to Christ. John 15, the vine was always a common analogy that Jesus used. It takes time to see growth. We talked about last couple of weeks ago, we talked about the, how you know so much of the faith is through the scattering of the seed of God, which is the word of God on people's hearts. And it takes a while to see that growth happen. And so many of us expect overnight discipleship, but it doesn't work this way, despite the fact that our culture now expects overnight change. Change takes time change takes intention, change involves failure, and change takes abiding. Uh, we must stop assuming that we'll find the time for discipleship. That's another aspect of it. We cannot assume that the time will just happen. We not we got to intentionally make the time for discipleship. Probably the best uh, story to go along with that is the story of Mary and Martha in Luke chapter 10, verses 38 to 42. They were sisters, and they both wanted to be disciples, and they both were technically following Jesus. The difference is that one was so busy with the work and she missed the heart of it. The other one was devoted to Jesus, even though she was accused of being lazy and nonproductive. And Jesus commended Mary and said, Martha, Martha, um, do you remember the words that he said to her here? Let me look it up, Luke chapter 10, verse 38. He says to her, Martha, Martha, you are anxious and troubled about many things, but one thing is necessary. Mary, Mary has chosen the good portion which will not be taken away from her. That is the whole seek first, the kingdom of God, and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. So listen, We are, again, we are swamped. Our schedules are full. And when our schedules are not full, we fill them up with the sense of urgency that has become addictive to us. It's like our adrenal glands are just used to this. And we can't, we think we're failures if we're not doing a million things a day. And we've got to turn that down and find the time for discipleship, which is slow growth. Eugene Peterson called it the long obedience in the same direction. It is a long obedience, a long obedience. It's not a sprint. It is a marathon. I know that sounds so old school, but it's the truth. And so while our pace for discipleship has changed, and listen, in some ways, I'm grateful for that. If I was trying to disciple people back in 1940, they would have thrown me out the window because I speak too fast, I function too fast. But listen, change, while well, well, you might be more accustomed to my pace of talking now, and you're, you don't even think of it, you just think you're not bored when you hear me talk, because I actually can keep up with, our brains are rewired the way that we think now, however, we cannot expect expect our discipleship process to take on that same, Lord, change me now or don't do it anymore. And that is not the way of God. It is a slow process that involves, it's like breaking of a wild animal and God wants us to be tamed, not to the culture that we're living in, not to the church systems that we're living in, but to his Holy Spirit who is in control of our hearts and our lives. That is discipleship. And so, Here's a third idea. So while the context has changed, the means has not. While our pace has changed, the timing has not. And then number three, while our measures of success have shifted in this culture, our goals in discipleship have not changed. Our measures of success have shifted. I would not say they've changed because the measures of success have always been the same. Our culture has confused those measures of success. And that confusion has seeped into our church so that many Christian leaders have Uh, modeled a sense of success that is not biblical, that highlights numbers of people growing as opposed to depth of discipleship that highlights success based on size and budgets and campus sizes. And and I think that era is coming to an end. I really do. But our goals and discipleships have not changed. The goal of discipleship is not a greater following, but a deepening in Christ-likeness. The goal of discipleship is not a bigger platform, but a closer sense of God's presence. Are you aware of his presence moment by moment? Do you do you do you when you go through the day, are there moments where you stop long enough to sense that Jesus is with you? He's in you? Are you so pursuing some results, some tangible results of success, what our culture calls success, that you can't even see Jesus in your life anymore. If that's you, and listen, I've been there, then God will, by his grace, stop us from that path so that we can tune into his presence. That is where our peace and joy lie. And so the goal of discipleship is not greater comfort, by the way, but a deeper dependence on Jesus. Success in our culture is... Uh, reflected in this world by a greater level of comfort. So, you know, a bigger house, a bigger car, more comfort, more money in the bank. But that is not the goal of discipleship. The goal of discipleship, if anything, is the opposite, is is it is a deeper dependence on Jesus, which usually comes in places of need. And so if you find yourself in the desert and you feel like you're in need, man, that is not a mistake. That is a discipleship step that God is allowing you to be on so that you can grow in his likeness. Just a few verses I wanna share with you here. I love uh, Luke 7, uh, verse 40. Jesus spent a lot of time telling us what he thinks about discipleship, but here he says, can a man, in verse 39, can a blind man lead a blind man? Will they not both fall into a pit? And then here, a disciple is not above his teacher, but everyone when he is fully trained will be like his teacher. If you wanna be like Jesus, you better follow the Jesus model right? And then so what is the Jesus model? Well, Luke chapter 9, verse 23, if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross daily and follow me. For whoever would save his life will lose it. And whoever loses his life for my sake will save it. For what does it profit a man if he gains the whole world and loses or forfeits himself? And uh, that's discipleship. And so I I think it's critical that we uh, process these things, that we think about these things, you know, uh, I had another verse. That, oh, I, where's that one? I got to find you one more verse here that I had in my mind. Um, uh, servant leadership, Matthew chapter 20, verse 26. I love this. You go, and how, how do you become great in the kingdom of God? Because we want to be like Jesus. And you go, well, I just want to grow into Christlikeness. And there's a sense of that's greatness if you can become more like Jesus. Well, here's what Jesus says about that. Uh, when when uh, the mother of the sons of Zebedee came to Jesus... And uh, she had a question on her mind. And Jesus said to her, what do you want? She said, say that these two sons of mine are to sit, one at your right hand and one at your left in your kingdom. Jesus says, you do not know what you're asking. Are you able to drink the cup that I'm to drink? They said, we are able. He said to them, you will drink. He answers, and then he says this. He says, um, it sh- you know that the rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them, but and their great ones exercise authority over them it shall not be so among you. But whoever would be great among you must be your servant. And whoever would be first among you must be your slave. Even as the son of man came not to be served, but to serve and to give his life as as a ransom for many. So if you want the goal of discipleship, it is that right there in a nutshell. It is, um, it is becoming a servant to all. In Mark chapter 10, verse 42, those verses are repeated. You know that those who are considered rulers of the Gentiles, lorded over them, uh, and their great ones exercise authority over them, but it shall not be so among you. Whoever would be great among you must be your servant, and whoever would be first must be slave of all, for even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve, and to give his life a ransom for many. Listen, this is a critical idea that we cannot lose sight of our uh, uh, discipleship model in a post- COVID church culture has got to remain biblical. Our means of discipleship have not changed. Are you spending time in the word? Are you spending time in communion with Jesus? And one of the ways to do it is through prayer, Bible reading, fellowship of believers, and the sacraments. Every time I take the Lord's Supper, man, I love doing that because it reminds me of what Christ did for me. And, And so the means of discipleship have not changed. While our pace has changed in this culture, we cannot expect overnight discipleship. It takes time and it takes abiding. And lastly, our goals have got to be biblical and Christ-like. And so ask yourself these questions today. Are you growing in Christlikeness? Are you becoming a servant to all? We've talked about being kind. We've talked about our works in a world that is dark. Listen, that is where you shine as you grow in discipleship. Uh, one person impacting another person at a time. And so um, let's let us let these ideas simmer in our minds. If you um, are interested in more, uh, check out our other Dear Lena episodes. If you've got questions for me, send them Dear Lena and LivingWithPower.org. Remember, today's Thursday, that's the day the that- the podcast drops. It's also the day you can join me live. I'm teaching through the Book of Nehemiah right now on our Facebook Live uh, community page for the Living With Power ministry. You can just go to livingwithpower.org. Top of the page, there's a blue box. that says, join our community. Click on it, and it'll take you straight to the page that you can join. And if you are just uh, asking, looking for prayer, need encouragement, want free resources, have a question for me, please send them my way. Lena at livingwithpower.org. With that in mind, I'll leave you for today. We'll be back again together next week. Know that you are loved and know that uh, even when you don't feel God's presence in your life, He is right there next to you, uh, waiting for you to ask for His help. And so uh, take heart. Uh, This world might be getting crazier, but our faith is getting deeper. And I hope you can say that too. Until then, I'll see you again next week and I'll be praying for you until then.